Welcome to MSP 1337. I'm your host, Chris Johnson, a show dedicated to cybersecurity challenges, solutions, a journey together, not alone. It's hard to believe it's been almost two years. This is going to be episode 99. Now on with the show. Welcome back, everybody, to this episode of MSP 1337. I'm joined this week by Charles Love of Showtech Solutions. Welcome, Charles. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Hey, so you've been on a couple times, you know, kind of the uh, cadence that we have on this show. Uh, the, the title for this week's episode is MDM isn't just for mobile devices. And the reason why uh, I've picked this topic and, and it's kind of been something that's been sticking in my head all week is I've been working on the Security Trustmark Plus and, and addressing some of those asset inventory controls that are, are largely part of any strong security program is, you know, what are you responsible for? Do you know the assets? Are they authorized assets? That kind of thing. And I found myself sort of pitting against each other, MDM and RMM. And, and of course, I, I've come to my own uh, conclusion as, as many of you listening going, what, why would you pit them against each other? It's like, okay, I'm sorry. But where I was coming at this from is that these are two very important tools in any managed service provider uh, service offering and, and how you go about successfully managing assets, both internally and for your clients. So Charles, you and I were just talking briefly before we uh, started this episode and, and one of your engineers and, and their success with how they are leveraging MDM specifically. But I, I think it's almost important to rewind and start thinking about RMM and why we deployed it once upon a time, and then accelerate that to why it's so important today, because obviously RMM tools today are not the RMM tools that we had five and 10 years ago, or even a year ago, as they continue to bake more and more into that little agent that does stuff when you're sleeping. Yeah. And, you know, and it's one of those, it's super misunderstood. Uh, we try here just to call device management. We call it like managed device management. It's kind of like our own name, but I like it. It's very original. Yeah. Yeah, but you know when when people think of MDM, they think of just that. They think of the the IBM product, right? The thing they had to go buy a cert. Oh yeah, SAS three hundred and sixty or whatever it was. Yeah, called. yeah, yeah. But 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 people don't realize that there's any device, right? For the most part, as long as it has compliance, can be adopted in there. PCs, right? PCs can absolutely be managed by name your own MDM solution, right? But not, not a lot of people think of it that way. They just think of, uh, we don't manage mobile devices, right? Well, let's go to the RMM piece for a minute. For, for a long time, if we brought up RMM and, and client opportunities, very few RMM tools were multi-platform, right? They predominantly were Windows only, um, at least the ones that we were most familiar with. I'm not saying that they didn't exist. Uh, fast forward in, in MDM, whether you used one vendor or another, you could um, smash up or mash up multiple MDM vendors to essentially accommodate almost all platforms. RMM was not, so you go back in time, that was definitely not the case. In fact, I think it was a long time before we saw actual RMM be deployable on a Mac. And even then uh, in our, in our circles, we'd like, well, I don't know if I'd put that on a Mac because and, you know, word vomit, you only get to do the following two things. And that's really yep. not helpful to spend the money per seat to have that. So I, I think that's also important because I think that was one of the misconceptions about why do you have RMM versus MDM or, or having both? Because I, I think back like Apple was notorious for 
sort of automating patching, right? Like you didn't really have going back in time, pre windows 11, especially you didn't really have other platforms that were good at sort of maintaining. Like if you rebooted the computer, it was going to patch. Yeah. Versus windows. It's like, uh, you have all these pending patches. Do you want to install them? I don't know what that means. So I'm going to say no. Right. Like, yeah. So we got involved and we had to use our tools to manage that. But I mean, I think that where we are today is largely tied to that fundamental problem. And I think, and this is partly why I wanted to have this conversation. I think a lot of solution providers to this day still haven't really embraced MDM into their solution stack with what they offer to their clients. Yeah. So what a lot of people do, ourselves included, is we try to MDMize our RMM. Did you right? say demonize? No, MDMIs, but it does. MDMIs. Right, I-Z-E. So like, you know, with RMM, we'll take a customer. If we know that customer needs open VPN, we'll create a job that says, hey, any machine at this customer that needs open VPN, go ahead and install it if it doesn't exist, right? But what's the missing piece of the puzzle there? I'm not sure. What if it doesn't have RMM, right? Fair point. If it doesn't, so, you know, 90% of our customers no longer have servers in Active Directory. Everybody's right. using Azure AD, right? So I don't have an easy way to deploy or no AD. the agent. Yeah. So, you know, we're pretty good. We have almost, had, we have a lion's share of our people on 365 Azure AD. It's beautiful. Sure. Right. And what's kind of cool about that is everyone doesn't realize that, but when you open up Office for the first time, you get that box and everyone says yes. Yeah, let this let this device be managed by managed enterprise. by my company, which yeah, means organization. Create an entity inside of the MDM platform. So if later down the road I want to roll out, say an Intune, it's already there. Right. Right. And I've already so, given you permission to manage yeah, my asset. Nobody reads it, right? But they all click OK. Once in a blue moon, somebody will be smart enough to go, you know what? This app only. But for the most part. Everyone just hits okay. And then when you go look in in, uh, Intune land, all of a sudden, Charles has 422 devices because he said yes on everything. Right. Maybe not that many, but you know. But but it's a a significant number if you're not paying attention to it. For sure. So so going back to the RMM thing, we tell RMM, hey, I want to apply these policies, but first I need the payload of the RMM, which is not always there. We're always going to miss things. When when you move into, well, I'll use Intune or Meraki, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yep. Meraki's smart enough to go, hey, there's an endpoint without our profile on it. And we can say, don't let it connect to the network. It's non-compliant. Right. Put a little screen that says you have to call IT. This is not an approved device. That is a form of uh, MDM. Well, right? not, not only is that a form of MDM, but man, you just really created a really slick way to reduce, prevent, remediate devices that are not authorized from connecting to a network that you are responsible for making sure that unauthorized devices are not on that network. Yeah. But you pay for that. Uh, Understood. Like, Hey, nothing's free anymore. Even the free stuff is you're either, I I feel like in the, in the free versus fee world of MDM uh, asset management, whether it's an RMM tool, you name it, you're either trading one cost for another but there is yep. no actual free. And, and I think anybody that says, oh, well, such and such a company up to this many devices is no cost. And it's like, yes, call support and ask for help. Yeah, exactly. So I'll, I'll give you another example. Uh, outside my office, I have a tech bench 
and there are 10 brand new iPads sitting there, right? So no, there's just eight now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let, let's talk about deploying those iPads, Sure. right? Without an MDM solution, you're going to open it up and it's going to say, hey, uh, what iCloud account? Right. Uh, I, I don't know who's getting them. Well, we don't know yet. Well, then I can't do anything. I can't get past the welcome screen. Right. right? So, yeah, because I yeah. need that iCloud account. So, what are we going to do? We're going to give the iPad to somebody. They're going to tag it to their personal Gmail account. Yeah. Right. Or their iCloud account. Right. They're going to leave the company. We may get the device back. And they're like, hey, don't worry. I, you know, I, I formatted that tablet. Here you go. All the stuff is gone. They go buy a new tablet. They go file restore back on their tablet. Now they have it all again. Right. Well, even even worse than that, because it's Apple, if they don't actually release the device, then when you go to format and reload it, it prompts you and it's, says, hey, yeah. please put in the password that's associated with this yeah. iCloud account so that you can keep using the hardware. Yeah. And now you're fighting and it's, it's a whole sure. thing. But in, in the land of a device profile, right, where we're actually doing MDM, now the device is registered to the company, right? There's a process to follow, but now it, they don't get their own iCloud account, right? They don't get access to the store. So now we set up groups. So this one customer, they want, uh, you know, Uber on the tablets, right? So we literally say there's a group called Deploy Uber. We just move it over. We put it in the proper group. We watch the screens. They do their magic. All those uh, iPads now have Uber, right? So following this example, because I think it's easy for those listening to go, oh, well, we don't manage Apple devices, fine. Uh, or we don't manage Android devices. Or we don't manage mobile devices, fine. But you manage laptops. You manage desktops. And you manage all kinds of devices, especially now when we've got a lot of employees working from home trying to load applications onto potentially non-work computers, that BYOD. Can you talk a little bit to that from that perspective? Because we talked about this before. RMM is a, is a limited at managing seamlessly, or, or maybe that's not even the right word, to manage easily app deployment for devices post-initial deployment, right? Like, so we can all day long talk about golden image and the client wants these apps deployed, including 365. And obviously with Windows Direct Access and some of that, you can really dial it in. But once it's been deployed, once it's happened, talk a little bit about what we call device management without the M. With the M, it doesn't yeah. matter. But like, where does that go? Because I think this is where we're starting to see, and I think you're, you're hitting it well, where we start to sort of delineate or separate the different real differences between RMM, at least traditional RMM, and what truly is device management. Let's put it in the scope of a conditional access role, right? Okay. Let's just say when, if I'm on a Showtech trusted device, I can do the following things, right? So if this device matches all this criteria, has been joined to Azure AD, that's the easiest one is an Azure AD, then you can do these things. Is not an Azure AD, you cannot go into the Office 365 portal, right? Things like that. So that's where an MDM solution for Windows or Mac sure. or whatever comes into play. And it's kind of like the second half of RMM. RMM will patch and let us remote and do all that kind of fun stuff. But the MDM piece is where we can get into, all right, now we have it and it's patched. Now we're going to enforce some rules here, right? Like it, we tell everybody, make sure you have a lock screen. 
right? right. Uh, when you travel, it's recommended right. to not use Face ID, right? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're dead, and they use your face to get into. Well, your I mean, you know, there's things about that, but you uh, uh, you can set a geofence. Hey, if this machine is not in the Tampa Bay area, uh, you know, it can't do certain things. RMM is like, hey, I'm online, and that's, that's <laughs> I checked extent. in. I checked in. Made it through it's security. A patch. Yeah. Here's a nine night thing. Here's my open VPN, whatever it may be. But then uh, let's say that let's say we went through and we uh, bit lockered everyone's machine. Well, what happens when a machine gets unbit lockered? Mm-hmm. RMM, there's going to be a pointer there that goes, yeah, it's not bit lockered. And if you're not looking for that, it's one thing. But then inside of a, a management solution, you can say, hey, don't let the person connect if it's not bit lockered. Right. So, that, now I'm putting rules to what right. I can and can't do. So I feel like there's this is a good um, I don't want to say segue, but it's a, it's kind of important to note this because I can I can hear it in my own head. And I know this is not true, but I start going, OK, well, how is that really any different than like Duo or some of these other tools that we use for authenticating? But they give us some abilities that go beyond, say, just the authentication component, where it's things like, to your point, uh, the geofencing piece. Like, sorry, you're in this geolocation. You can't connect. Sorry, you haven't updated to the latest version, or I don't detect AV, or I don't detect BitLock, or the list goes on and on and on. And I'm just describing off the top of my head some things from Duo. Duo is not a device management in the traditional sense of what we've been talking about. Can you talk to that a little bit? It's getting pretty close. Right. It's, it's getting pretty close. There is some if-thens that you can do. Most of the people use it for authentication, right? They so have we're seeing the, an evolution of those types of apps becoming more full-fledged device management products. Is really a- Absolutely. We, we really start talking about MDM-type solutions for customers when, it, when compliance matters. Right. Why, why does that change? So I think RMM and I think compliance from an asset standpoint, walk me through from a compliance standpoint when you say MDM, because in my head, you know, spending as much time as I do with security rules, you know, thinking purely security first and then compliance second, I think about, you know, if I have something on that device that lets me know it's my device, it's accessible, it's online, it, you know, it's checked in recently. It's not hit that 60, 90 days or whatever, because mm-hmm. it's, you know, lost, stolen or broken, um, usually lost and in, in stolen or not the, or, or sorry, the lost and broken are not the two that usually get me yeah. worked up. But this seems like a, a big deal that solution providers, I think largely haven't probably put as much time and energy into as maybe they should, because Compliant, I, I love this term, I love this line, I hear it all the time. Well, we're not really bound by any regulatory framework, so we really don't have to comply with fill in the blank. And it's like, well, let's not think about comply with in the context of necessarily regulatory requirements. Let's use the term comply with, say, the standards we've set forth as an organization. It's, man, it's, let's, let's push it back to, but on the questionnaire, Right on your cybersecurity questionnaire, yeah. you said all the machines are encrypted. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's just we'll just use that one as okay. an example. All right. So you you sold the customer project, you encrypted all the drives. What is watching to see if that is still the case? What is watching to see when I have my gaming machine, right, without encryption, 
and I decide I'm going to go log into 365 and I want to work from home that day. And right. now I, I don't even have, I mean, I do, but hypothetically, they're right. not Charles. Maybe they don't have their antivirus or malware or EDR or whatever. It can happen. For sure. Just, just to be clear, it can happen. We're not even getting into whether it, it is a, uh, because we're so good at what we do, it's impossible for that to be the scenario. The reality Correct. is stuff breaks, stuff doesn't get rebooted. I mean, we see this one, my favorite would, would have been for years, Adobe, right? You run Adobe Acrobat, has a little helper, runs the system tray, it doesn't update. Suddenly Adobe Acrobat isn't updated and it won't do anything until you reboot the computer, boots the computer. Yep. Yep. But just just sits there ignoring everything that's going on in the world, but it's not compliant. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those things that it's just not talked about a lot. And there are people who are actually advocating, advocating maybe strong. Hey, if you want to be an MSP, if you're using MDM, you kind of don't need an RMM solution. Right, because even the, the MDM, I know it's 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 crazy. <sighs> but we're changing religions right now. I'm just saying. I, I know. I I can't. I can't live, you know, uh, in in that kind of world. But right, that's, um, that's yeah, blasphemy on the RMM gods. I'm just saying. But you know, hey, when these MDM vendors start rolling in some kind of you know Screen Connect or SOS Splash Top or something, then then RMM's in trouble, right? But you know, everything you can do in RMM, you can prop most everything you can probably get away with an MDM, right? Is that is that really the, the, I mean, I think you already hit this on the head. When we take the letter M out of mobile device management and yeah. just say device management, what we're really saying is there are things that our RMM tools currently today don't do or don't do well that would classify my RMM as a remote monitoring and device management we'd add a d in there as far you know what i'm saying like i feel like yeah that's sort of like this i don't want to say we're splitting hairs but we're talking about a feature set that whether you're accomplishing this with an mdm or device management widget app product service whatever we're saying that that's largely because it's a limitation that isn't yet covered by an rmm tool or vice versa my device management product I have RMM because it doesn't do that. And, and ultimately we're gonna see, I think to your point, a convergence where the naming convention is gonna become so blurred that it really doesn't matter which one you're using, they are both equally capable of covering the bases. Now we're getting into what should my app really be doing and how many apps do I need to manage the device? Because right now we're talking about at a minimum of two. And I think in some cases you could see three, four five apps running in system tray that are helping, or maybe not in system tray, but it's a profile, it's on that machine yeah. to help with everything from allowed to connect to this network as profile A, allowed to use this VPN as profile B. I mean, you can go on and on with this. I think that's kind of, you know, the point, right? Like, what are you using these tools for? And does the client understand why you're putting these tools on there? Because one of the things that we really haven't, you know, addressed the elephant in the room is, wow, you're, you're really big brothering this device to a degree that we really don't talk about in the managed services space. We talk about, I patched you. I made sure you could connect to the network. You love me. You can print when you need to, right? I can yeah. remote into your machine and fix your problem when you're in Thailand or wherever, as long as it's got a good internet connection. However, what we're really starting to talk about is I can prevent you from using that device in Thailand. I can make sure that you can only do certain things when you're 
wherever. This is the space that I think our clients need to recognize is that we aren't doing this to be big brother. We are doing this to ensure that you aren't compromised by someone other than yourself. Because we yeah. can't prevent yourself as much as we'd like to think we can. But even that's included in there, right? Like I can say, hey, you can't install apps on this machine because I have products on there that prevent that from happening. But also, I don't want to be responsible for every little application you might want to load. So we can put rules in place that say, hey, as long as it's part of a whitelisted database of apps, or hey, it's included in the enterprise store for your organization, we're not just putting you in a box and saying no. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll give you I'll give you kind of a funny on that. So we have one customer who has, we'll just use the Meraki example. We actually use that as the catalyst to push RMM, not the other way around. That is very interesting. Right. So because if the machine is physically in the building, it's got to get that profile loaded in, right? In order to get the so that's like our indicator. But then we say, hey, if it has the Meraki agent, go ahead and deploy this too. And one of the this is is RMM. Right. So that we can we can at least we can do patching and stuff in that MDM. I like my RMM one better, but that's my weird preference. But uh, still, there's RMM vendors have always tried their hand at MDM. Oh, yeah. But have have been terrible. Uh, Even, you know, uh, one as of recently said, hey, you know what? We're just going to bow out. We're removing the MDM from our product. Go to the one of these two vendors. Sure. Microsoft was named. Meraki was named. Stuff like that. And I think that we can, if we if we reduce MDM down to one very small piece of the equation, and that is when you're joining to a network. Oh my word! That's probably one of the most powerful features you just highlighted. And that's the ability to know when a device you don't manage or control tries to go into a controlled space. The reality is in most cases, unless they're truly just, you know, ignorant and bringing personal devices in because they just want to, the reality is that they just didn't know, right? Or they just got the machine. It was opened out of the box and they plugged it in. They got told, hey, this is how you get on the network. And quite honestly, you're reducing a lot of overhead, so similar to like, say, Windows Direct Access, right? Like, if you think about that, like, I don't have to actually do anything with the device. I could have you go to the Microsoft store, buy the laptop, plug it in. And as soon as you go put our domain in there to register your email address, boom, all that MDM stuff kicks in yeah. and it immediately gets the profile it's supposed to have. And it's I don't pushing know office. Yeah. yeah, it's pushing office. It's pushing RMM. It's doing Wi-Fi profiles. It's doing yes. the find my device, all that kind of crazy stuff, even in Windows. Yeah, right? I said don't need MDM. I, that's not what I meant to say. I, I, I meant to say it is no. be, it is functioning as MDM. Like it really Correct. is. And so, so how do we, you know, we've got a few minutes left. I, I feel like we, we kind of went back and forth a little bit on RMM versus MDM. But the reality is you need both today. Today, I would say you need both yeah. in, in most cases uh, or some variants of what the MDM device DM does. Uh, Charles, how do you go about highlighting to a client the importance of, so? like I think about how low cost RMM has gotten to, right? Like we literally could say, 
for the most part, your cost on an RMM agent in most cases, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is, is dropping below the $2 a month per seat. Am I close? Hard license cost, maybe. Maybe. Give me a soft, give me a soft cost thing because I I want this to be well, accurate with where I'm going with this. Cut, let's just say a couple bucks, right? All right. Which let's out, say with, three, w- without taking into account third party tools, the time it takes sure. to manage, all that fun stuff. Out the door cost to a vendor just for RMM, sure. Could okay, be so bucks. we're saying sub three dollars for RMM, and this is the part where I think the palate gets a little bit squeamish, doesn't want to, you know, this doesn't taste right, and that is. Okay, now we're talking about MDM. And I've seen MDM price points on average be anywhere from on the low end, on the low end, $3 a month per seat, but on the high end, upwards of six, seven dollars plus per seat. And you know, none of this like pay for it monthly. It's oh, you're in that thousand seats. Here's your bill for your annual payment of a thousand seats. It's a different world when we get into the MDM side. Kinda. But a lot of the customers are unknowingly paying for Intune with 365. Fair point. So, so they, they have it. They just don't know. So so MDM in this particular case is you already bought it. You just didn't know it. In other cases, so I think about like, if I was to list off some of the players that I know, and I'm not going to say that this is their pricing because I don't know. Like there's, there's uh, you know, um, Jamf. Uh, ooh, I got one. FileWave. Yeah. You, you know, uh, Apple's got one, uh, Mosley. I mean, there's there's tons of the products that are in this category and they just keep to continue to just show up out of nowhere. Um, that price point is, is a tough one to palette just because it's not the traditional model that we're used to, but they do so many things. I wonder, you know, are we taking into consideration what our actual overhead reduction becomes. Yeah. You know, like, hey, someone used to have to, you know, look at the screen all the time to tell me, hey, we got 12 devices at, you know, Acme Corporation that shouldn't be on the network. But I had to look at that screen or check my PSA to get that level of detail versus the MDM just saying, nope, I would like to connect, but I can't connect. And and I'll give you a funny. People are getting smart, right? People are getting smart. Corporations are looking at the applications installed. And it's so TikTok thing, right? It's about the mice, the mouse jigglers. You could put a little goofy USB stick in your machine and it will just, it'll move your mouse so that your team status is always green. Yes. Right. Until people started realizing that that's a very specific UID. And they can look for it. And now I can report on how many people have this stupid mouse jiggler stick on their computer. In MDM land, I can say, hey, if that is found, kick it. Like, don't let it connect. Right. I just make sure my status is always away. That way, whether I'm working or not, I'm just not. Well, you have to wake me up. But what what has now turned, what has that turned into? Now a box you can buy with a battery pack. And now you stick your mouse on the box. And it jiggles, no USB needed, right? So genius. Users and people will always find a way, a clever way around any rule you put in, but you can only do what you can do. But I think to your point though, I think I think the human element here is for the most part, 
most people aren't looking for a way unless there's that level of scrutiny on them as an individual. If they're productive and efficient and getting work done, you know, that's not that person, right? Like that's installing the widget. For sure. What's more important though, is whether you're trying to root out or weed out employees that behave that way, it, those apps, those widgets, they're potentially putting your entire entire organization at risk because it's got nothing to do with like, what else does that app do that you didn't like, you care about the mouse jiggle, but what does it do when it's performing that for you that it's performing for them? Cause odds are yes. it's free. So it's funny story, you. somebody brought in a stick for me to look at and I said, how much you pay for this? And he was, he, he bought it off TikTok. He said, $10. I gave him $10. I took my hammer and I smashed it. Right. He's like, what did you do that for? I go, think about it. You just bought, would you pick up a USB stick off the ground? Well, no, there's probably nasty stuff on it. Yet you'll buy a mouse jiggler from TikTok to see how it works. TikTok, Right. Like Cur- that has its own by the federal government, but yeah, yeah that just, has its own security thing. Right. I, I'm on it every day. I'm not going to say that, but uh, just, just being honest people. Yeah. But, but still it's, it's little things like that. Like, Oh yeah, it just jiggles my mouse. Yeah. But there's a board on there with probably things. You don't know what like it is. Like a microphone. Yeah. Like you don't know. Right. right. So, so in the world of device compliance where we want to control what the person can and can't do based upon a set of rules, that's device management. If you want to know if it's online and patched and you want to be able to manage said device in a conditional yes, no type fashion, that'll be RMM. Sure. So I, I think this has been been really educational for me. I, I hope it has been educational for those of you listening. RMM, obviously that's not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, MDM, now we'll call it DM, which <laughs> probably shouldn't say it that way because it could have so many other meanings like ooh, direct messaging. Uh, but yeah. the MDM side of it, the device management side, I think there has been definitely the myth of, well, that's for mobile devices. We know that that's not the case. Uh, if you are really dealing with true device management as part of your asset inventory for yourself and your clients, this is something you really should consider inside the environment, especially if you've got a lot of your clients already using 365. This isn't an additional cost. It's it's available for you. You could be taking advantage of it. And while it's not for everybody, there's plenty of other choices out there as well. And, and many of them, you know, come with like, it's really easy to deploy, like to your point with the Apple scenario that you gave, like, hey, they need Uber, drag and drop, or, or literally yeah. like, until you need that app, you don't have to have it on your device, you can go and grab it from a pre approved app store. I mean, that's huge, because you're allowing the user to feel like they're in control, even when they have limited level of control. Uh, Charles, any last words for our audience listeners that are out there going, wow, I never really thought about MDM as that important. I tell you what, I fought into tooth and nail for since its inception. Like, nope, I don't even want to hear it. It's just, nope, nope. It's dead to me. Leave me alone. Because it was the the, uh, antichrist against RMM, right? Like, like, no, I, I don't even want to talk about it. Now it's like, oh my God, you want to do Intune? Oh my, let me let me show you some. Yeah. Look, look at me, all the like. Let me paint a picture for you. Yeah, screensaver lock, right? It, you know, if 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 you want a rule that says, hey, everybody gets a five minute screensaver lock across the enterprise if your machine's managed by three sixty five, check, done. Yeah. In in RMM land, I got to play with the registry. I have to make sure I'm putting into local use. It's like a whole thing, and then. I have no idea if it's actually working. So going back to Intune, I can see 
who's compliant with my screensaver policy. So my tip is if you haven't played with Intune in your own MSP, do it. Hopefully everybody's a Microsoft partner. You probably have entitlements to it. Yeah, right? and everybody just heard Charles said to play with Intune. Yes. So I tell you, Josh from uh, Untangled World, uh, I, I used to say, eat your own dog food. And he corrected me. He says, it's drink your own champagne. Amen. So if I, if Josh, if you're listening, I still use this to this day. For, for all the MSPs out there, drink your own champagne. Never sell a solution that you or you sell for not running. And, and I would throw this at, added to the mix because you, you brought this up, but I'm not sure everybody caught it right away. The idea behind RMM largely is contingent on what you do to the asset itself, that you physically have to make changes to the asset, as opposed to something like an MDM, where you can create a rule that is going to be across all of those devices because they're in that policy not saying RMM is, you know, can't do any of those things, but largely you have to target intentionally in the scripts that you build out and do it yourself. And I don't know about you, but I don't have the time or energy to be writing scripts and manually putting things in place that something like an MDM already does out of the box. And I push the button and it's done. Hey, scripts go wrong, man. I learned that the hard way. Right. Scripts go wrong. Right. If if you're deleting an icon and you forget a space, you delete all icons. I learned that lesson. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's one thing when there's a predefined filter that you can turn on. There's another thing when you're trying to, like, I got a business to run. I can't be messing with batch files and PowerShell and Python. I thought it was a snake. And right? if you're doing all of those things, this is a warning for any of you listening. There is a dedicated CIS control to software application security, and it involves a lot of granular work that if you are modifying and using off-the-shelf scripts that were, when I say off-the-shelf, I mean like you found it on the internet, so you called mm -hmm. it off-the-shelf and you're running it in your environment because you assume that Charles Love is really good at writing scripts even when he accidentally deletes an icon. Um, this can be problematic and you can truly avoid those things by having something like a, a device management MDM in place. Yeah, back in the day, it was uh, group policies. Right. Right. All Intune is, is it's group policy for the unconnected device. Right. Well, right. for the, yes, not on the local network, right? Correct. Like it like, could it, it could be in Mexico, it can be in Florida. If you can check in with the internet, it's checking Correct. in. And I think Correct. that's something that we miss too. It's like, oh, well, my devices, I know they're checking in because they use a VPN to get into the office. And it's like, yes, but they're not getting enough time for that GPO or that change that's on that domain to get to the device. And that is why it's saying, hasn't checked in, in X amount of time, even though physically it is talking to that network. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, for those of you listening, this has been an episode of MSP 1337. Thanks and have a great week.